0: Calling out the problems we know exist is one way to get them fixed, but we need to have all the information first and get it from the source in a way that's not subversive or presumptive or deceptive. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. Before we get started, I would like to welcome our new listeners in New Zealand. Welcome to the Just Grow Something family, New Zealand. I know the title to this podcast may have caught you off guard, and I'm glad because the whole subject caught me a little off guard last week, and it's been stewing in my head and in my heart, and I decided I needed to address it with you, my gardening friends. I posted about it initially on our farm Instagram and Facebook pages because I've got a following there for our farm, and it felt appropriate to share this farm-related rant. But this podcast is also a platform of mine, and darn it, I'm going to use it. And I hope you'll stick around for it because it's information that needs to be spread far and wide. It all started with my friend, Caitlin Dubin. She is at Wild Rose Farmer on all the social, and she is the host of the Rural Woman podcast. She married into a farm family and shares her stories of working her family's organic grain and oilseed farm and all her livestock and her crazy number of farm cats. And she uses her podcast to share the stories of women in agriculture and homesteading all of those things I think are wonderful. Well, Caitlin recorded this really cool video of her driving a tractor and she was crimping down her rye field. And it was just a really beautiful visual of her driving this tractor with this roller crimper kind of pulled behind through these really green fields of rye. And the roller crimper just laying it all down flat behind her. And it looked like these waves that were coming from... I mean, it was very, very captivating to watch. And she recorded this video using TikTok. And I know a lot of people on social media use TikTok as sort of a recording tool. And they'll post it to TikTok, but they generally are mainly concerned with sharing it on like their Instagram feed. Well, that's what Caitlin did. And then she went back later and happened to go... Uh, and check the TikTok comments on that video. And and all the comments that I had seen about the video on Instagram were all very positive, and they all had the same reaction that I did. Oh, that's really cool to watch. Well, the comments that she found when she went back to TikTok weren't quite as um, pleasant. She found comments like, Oh, another farmer destroying their crop to get paid, and ooh, she's killing her crop, not impressed, and you know, wow, impressive crop disruption. You know, God bless the American farmer. Okay, first off, she's Canadian, so you missed the boat on that last one. But, you know, as and in true stereotypical Canadian form, she took it in stride, was very polite in her, you know, responses to them, and she sort of put them on blast a little bit on her Instagram account, so we got to see the whole thing. I, in stereotypical American fashion, got pissed. I I was just incensed by the whole thing and the whole reaction to it. Where did this notion come from that farmers work tirelessly to work the soil, put in a crop, tend it, feed it, protect it, only to destroy it, to get some mysterious check from some mysterious governmental agency? And who is pushing this narrative that this is common practice and that all farm subsidies in the U.S. should be halted because of this very abuse I'm not sure about Canada, sorry, Caitlin, or any other country for that matter. I can only speak to what I know. And if you are a listener who does know the specifics for your country, please share. I would love to know if this is a thing in other countries. Now, I'm sure as a consumer, you've seen bad press surrounding farmers and ranchers at one point or another. I know I have, and we don't even watch network television, Whether it's undercover footage of farm workers abusing cattle or dairy farmers dumping milk or commodity crop farmers poisoning our food and our water supply with genetic modification and herbicides and chemical fertilizers, there are plenty of stories about how the American farmer is either trying to kill us, abuse livestock, or make money from some sort of destruction. And it's honestly really disconcerting. I know of not one single farmer who got into growing crops or raising livestock to poison people and to get rich. Y'all, the hours and the labor and the literal blood, sweat, and tears are not worth the money. The money ain't there. Not like that. Most farmers I know are mortgaged to the teeth. They have huge operating lines of credit that they max out partway through the year and then hang on desperately counting their pennies to be sure they can pay that credit line off at the end of the season and stay out of the poorhouse. Those giant pieces of equipment, those big barns, those heavy-duty trucks, and all of it have a giant price tag, and it's the rare farmer that is paying cash for those. No, you don't get into farming because you're going to get rich. You do it for the love of it. You do it because you feel a need inside to feed people, to have a connection to the land and to the animals. And somewhere along the way, you hope you're making enough to pay the bills and raise your family. And after a week where you've been running tractors and combines around the clock and haven't seen your kids, or in a year when you've missed weddings and funerals and birthdays of friends and family because you're at the mercy of mother nature, you hope it was worth it. And this isn't the type of farming that we do, but I know enough people in the industry and I am friends with enough people who have operated their farms like this. And to some of them, it wasn't worth it, and they got out. Now, I know there are bad actors out there. There are those that fall right into that category of those featured in those exposés on things like conditions in a chicken house. And if you trace the roots of those conditions and those bad actors, it's usually, not always, but usually goes back to some corporation placing unrealistic demands on those operations to squeeze another penny per head profit out of it. And that's just one of the many problems of our industrialized food system, but that's a saga for another day. And there also are those that aren't actually farmers. They're just business people trying to hide their wealth in, quote, farming. And if those people are responsible for destroying crops for a tax write-off, which, by the way, is illegal or are responsible for the horrible conditions of a feedlot, then yes, they are a problem. But they are not the average farmer. Living conditions for livestock is a hot-button issue for me. I, just like you, get pissed off when I see animals in horrid conditions. Just because they're being used as food, in the end, does not mean they shouldn't have a quality of life when they're being raised. But I also know that in a lot of these cases, it's not a matter of the farmer or the rancher not caring. Often, it's an antiquated way of doing things, and the farmer simply needs to be educated and given some help to update their systems. In other situations, it's a matter of them trying to keep up with a demanding contract that they can't get out of, and they really are doing the best they can. And in some cases, it's absolute desperation the type of desperation that comes when your last dime is on the line and your family is about to be out in the streets. It's real. But nobody asks those questions when they see the situation. They just assume the worst and then spread the disinformation. All farmers do things differently. Caitlin and her husband choose to grow their crops organically. The last remaining dairy farm in our county doesn't concern themselves with organics. They run their dairy herd on grains grown from genetically modified seeds that they grow themselves, and they use the herbicides and synthetic fertilizers that go along with using those seeds. On our farm, we grow our produce without the use of synthetic chemicals, and we raise our livestock on pasture, not in pig barns or in chicken batteries. But I know plenty of other market growers who don't subscribe to those same values, And that's what it comes down to. Just because I value something and choose to run my operation accordingly doesn't mean it's the quote right way. Sure, I have plenty of arguments for why my pigs are born and raised on pasture. And someone who runs a 30,000 head sow barn will have just as many arguments for why confinement is the better way. Another friend of mine, Bev Ross, she is at Ross Roost Farm. She's the host of the Joy Farmer podcast and the co-host of the hilarious We Drink and We Farm Things podcast, who is also a stellar gardener in her own right, by the way, said something the other day that summed things up perfectly for me. She said, the right way to do things is going to depend on your values and what you are trying to achieve in the end. I mean, think about that for a second. As people and as consumers, we have a tendency to get very vigilant in our beliefs and get very defensive when something seems to go against those beliefs. Sometimes that something is very real and really does go against everything we stand for. And sometimes that something is just perceived or even downright false. Let's go back to Caitlin for a minute. If those viewers of her video who were concerned about what she was doing had bothered to ask one question, said one little word to Caitlin about that video, the situation would have been completely different. That one word is why. If they had asked the expert, the farmer, why she was doing what she was doing, they wouldn't have made an assumption and spread disinformation. They would have learned that Caitlin was crimping down a cover crop of rye in order to plant a cash crop directly into it. They would have learned that this helps improve the soil organically while preventing weed pressure. They would have learned that doing it in this way does take more time and more money and more effort, but it's an environmentally responsible way to farm. They would have learned it from the farmer doing it, who in this instance is the expert. Caitlin and her husband are the experts in doing what they do, how they do it, and where they do it based on their values and what they are trying to achieve. My husband and I are the experts on our farm in the way that we do things. And you, my gardening friend, are the expert on everything that goes on in your space. I wouldn't expect that you would welcome a passerby to assume that what you do in your garden was injuring them in some way. You would expect them to ask you a question. And I'm certainly not saying we shouldn't call things out when we know there is something wrong. That's how change and progress is made. That's how improvements in crop management, animal welfare, and farm labor conditions are made, and how we've begun to provide assistance to disadvantaged farmers and save croplands in trusts so that future generations have some place to grow the food we so desperately need on this planet. Calling out the problems we know exist is one way to get them fixed, but we need to have all the information first and get it from the source in a way that's not subversive Or presumptive or deceptive. If you stuck with me this long, you can tell this is another subject I am passionate about. This episode is an introduction into more of what you'll get on these Vocal Point Fridays from here on out. I want to dig deep into these myths surrounding our food system and our farming and agricultural communities and tell the stories of how our food gets to us when we don't grow it ourselves and how it sometimes doesn't get where it needs to go. My next episode on this topic will focus on those U.S. farm subsidies and the fact and the fiction surrounding them, which is probably the reason Caitlin found herself explaining what she was doing to an audience who presumed she was destroying her crop for a profit. Like she said, if only we got paid to destroy stuff. I thank you so very much for listening to my rant today. I'll be back on Tuesday with another Garden Talk Tuesday episode, focusing on something we associate with fall that you should be growing right now winter squash. Have a great weekend. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon.